Shri Guru Vaishnava Parampara Ki Jai Shri Shivu Radha Madhava Ki Jai Sanyasi Dhanda Ki Jai Govakta Dhanda Ki Jai Gautpremanandi Evening everyone, Maharaj, welcome again. Any questions tonight? Yes. Um, so, in the third chapter of the Gita, um, Krishna says that one should not disturb karmis that are engaged in fruit of work. Um, but in the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam, Rishabha says, leading karmis to engage in fruit of work is like leading a blind man into a well. And um, Vishwanath distinguishes these two by saying the Gita is speaking of jnanis, the Bhagavatam speaking of bhaktas. So I'm wondering why they engage people differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, the jnani or those spiritual practitioners whose uh, idea is that um, that knowledge in itself is the goal of life, which uh, he would speak of transcendental knowledge, and in particular knowledge of the self as distinguished from the body, and knowledge of the self as identified uh, with consciousness that the absolute is constituted of as well. So, then um, there are different types of jnanis, some of who will be successful uh, in their pursuit uh, of their ideal, which is varied as well, and some that will not be successful. Basically, those who uh, offend bhakti, they will not be successful. Bhagavatam states it. If they offend bhakti, then the high state that they think they've attained is not as high as it as it as it, as, it, as, uh, as they think, and from it they'll fall. It speaks of the penultimate state, the jivan mukta uh, stage, if you will, in Ganmarg, from which they fall if they offend bhakti. It's important to understand that karma as a yoga, karma yoga, or gyan, knowledge as a yoga, as a means of connecting with the Absolute, are each uh, governed by different modes of nature. Karma is under the influence of Rajaguna, and gyan is under the influence of Sattvaguna. So in and of themselves, they cannot produce a transcendental or a nirguna product, result, a result that's beyond the gunas, the influence of the of the, uh, the modes of nature. Bhakti, on the other hand, is nirguna in nature, transcendent in nature. So it has the power to give karma yoga efficacy, give jnana yoga efficacy, hmm? uh, to attain the, their um, ideals. Hmm? The highest ideal, then, of bhakti mixed with jnana is, um, as a practice, is Shantaras, and on the low end is merging with with Brahman. Hmm? Without bhakti, neither of these are possible. Hmm? So, 
jnanis are varied, hmm? and at the same time they have something much in common. Um, and relative to your question, one of the things that they have in common is that bhairagya, in the ordinary sense of the term, we talked about it in a special sense of the term the other night, we should revisit that relative to your question. The ordinary sense of the term bhairagya means detachment. So a path that is a path of knowledge, of transcendental knowledge, has a has a corresponding or a um, yeah corresponding um, aspect, or let's say a, a a a way in which it shows up that knowledge in this world. Knowledge shows up in the form of detachment. In other words, if I want to have enduring happiness, well, I can't attain that in relation to things that don't endure. Does that make sense? So that's knowledge. And everybody wants enduring happiness. So some people are very serious about that, and they're wise enough to understand, as I say, that it won't uh, uh, be attained in the pursuit of things that don't endure. So they give up the pursuit of things and enter into the contemplative life, concluding that the best things in life are not things, but it's myself that gives things meaning and gives things value, apparently. But independent of myself, of consciousness, matter doesn't matter. Right? So this is the kind of the basic wisdom of the jnani. And he or she, therefore, moves from a life of acquisition and interaction with the temporal to a contemplative life, dhyan, meditation, and um, pursuits of the uh, enduring nature of the self, independent of things and thoughts. So it's wise. But this kind of wisdom will not, uh, let's say, fall on receptive ears of those who are really bent on or continuing, uh, haven't seen through, let us say, the attempt to derive enduring happiness from acquisition of things that don't endure. They could hear the theory, maybe, hmm? but it's likely that it would disturb their minds. I have a younger... Well, I won't tell that story. That's... Uh, um, but uh, uh, it's um, those who are pursuing material attachment and have not yet um, reached a point of exhaustion and thus a teachable moment 
with regard to the idea that there's something beyond things and something beyond thought, and it's you, are difficult to, then to teach. So that kind of teaching of the jnani, it doesn't fall on um, receptive ears hmm? if focused on those uh, pursuing readily, actively, happiness through material acquisition. Hmm? And there's a path for doing that, the karmic path. Um, how to improve your the poverty marg, how to improve your material situation. It's a great kind of art and science, if we will, method uh, in, in the sacred texts. How to acquire, how to become materially better um, situated. Ultimately, how to attain a long, long life uh, in the heavenly domain, for example, hmm? where there'll be no repercussions for one's pursuit of material happiness other than the time will run out. Hmm? Uh, but it's such a long time, right? So it's, it's uh, okay, we'll uh, we, we try it. And, and the delights are considerable, right? So uh, there's, a, there's a path like this. Mm, right, and it involves also um, uh, attachment to family and friends and society, and, and trying to make this world into something that it will never be. Brahma Bhuvana Loka Punaravartino Arjuna Mamu This is a very central uh, teaching to the Gita. There is an abode, he says. And it's mine, hmm? upon which going one never returns. It means it's eternal. Hmm? Life there in that boat is eternal. And everywhere short of that, Abrahma Bhubanaloka, from the Brahma planet down and down, all of them, one has to take birth again. Abrahma Bhubanaloka, Punaravartino Arjuna. Again, he has to take birth. It's also a way in which Krishna is speaking about, again, as I say, the eternality of his own himself, who in his abode that is non-different than himself, and obviously residence therein. No one falls from that place. Hmm? He says it in another way, Taddama Paramamama in the Gita. It's luminous. There's no need for sun, for moon, for fire there. It's the implication of this is that it's self luminous. And luminosity is um a way in which um, we seek to, if you will, illustrate knowledge. You know, the example of the light bulb going off in your in your head, something like that. So the it means there's no confusion there. Hmm? You understand? No misconception. There's no imperfection within perfection. Otherwise it wouldn't be so. It wouldn't be perfect. So there is such a place, such a, uh, an ideal. And that drives our practice, obviously. Because we've been looking for such 
in relation to things that keep disappearing, changing forms and shapes before our eyes and disappointing us and so forth. So it's important to understand that there is a place from which there's no return. Upon hmm. going there, it's self-luminous. And there is a sun there. There is a moon. They're not needed <laughs> like here. They have another purpose for the sake of Leela. Hmm. So, on the karma path, say within Varnashram, hmm, is the idea, then the perverti mark, there's the lawful, if you will, hmm, pursuit of material happiness and prosperity up to the attaining the a Brahma-like planet and living for a long, 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 long time happily, hmm? but it doesn't uh, doesn't endure. Hmm? Um, still, those who are plugged into that, they don't have an ear for the knowledge that it's like it's something like this. If I was to say to people, "Look, you have to realize." The sun is burning out. They look at you like, okay, uh, this guy should be in a hospital. Perhaps he's got out there with a sign, the sun is burning out. It's true, isn't it? The sun is burning out. But I mean, do we really have to think about that? Hmm? Can we really entertain such an idea? It's madness. Hmm? So, but, but this is the reality. Hmm? And somebody is actually focusing on that. Hmm? This is the Gani. <laughs> the sun is burning out. And this, this is his her concern. And it's driving their 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 pursuit. But who will who will listen to, listen to them? Therefore they're in the caves somewhere <laughs> off into the in the hollow of a tree, somewhere on the out fringe of the society. Right? Hmm? They're typically not involved in the world. You have the pursuits of the Varnashram, Dharma, Artha, and Kama. We say moksha, but moksha is leaving liberation and its pursuit, leaving the Varnashram behind. That is the sannyas, leaving sannyas, giving up, leaving behind. Hmm? You understand? It's not really, it's like, it's kind of like part of the Varnashram, kind of, but like, we don't talk about it too much. <laughs> Something like that. So, those um, who have adhikar, eligibility for this path, now there are people that, that aren't on a, a well-worn path for material pursuit and the acquisition of good, good karma, but they're just kind of flapping around trying to be happy hmm, through material acquisition. Right. Um, we could say that they were, they're, they're, they're They're within the path of karma, um, but they're not on a systematic path. Hmm? Uh, those that are actually plugged in to the path of karma, they have an ideal. They have faith in that ideal. Hmm? They're following the um, the course. And so forth, and now you come on a, in, a, in a collision with them, hmm? with Gyan that says that your whole path is um, is a waste of time. Hmm? Hmm. So it, they don't have an ear for it. Hmm? 
their minds would be disturbed by that. This is the general idea. And also, why, furthermore, because it's true, why should they mind, maybe, you know, you think they might have a little ear for it, because the path of jnana translates out, in terms of practical application in this world, of renunciation. So they are sensually, mentally, and intellectually engaged with the world and sense objects, and Gyan says, pull out a pull out, entirely. Hmm? So it's it's a pretty dramatic, these are opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Hmm? The contemplative, and then the, the you know, the, the, um, the, uh, the, f- the, f- the fruit of worker, the enjoyer, yeah. Hmm. So they they just they just don't. There's no meeting point here. Hmm. And again, I could hear it and say, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it's true. But anyway, who can do that? Hmm. I'm going to live in a cave now. That what you're telling me to do? Hi, I'm out here in front of the, you know, on the, the soapbox in the park, and this is my message to you. You know, I mean. The point being is that there's no place for it in the society. Therefore, live in a cave. And who's going to come and take your invitation to come and live in a cave with you? And for that matter, there's no friends in Gyan. You can't take anybody with you. Hmm? You have to be detached from everyone and everything. There's no, like, in Bhairagya or in Gyan, the way in which we advance is by Bhairagya. Knowledge and vairagya, these things, just, they, they work together. There's the vairagya, it brings knowledge. And knowledge brings vairagya. Hmm? So, there's no place for it in the world. Hmm? How are you going to sell it to the world? It's not going to be very marketable. You might pick up a guy here or there, right? Hmm. Um, now, bhakti, on the other hand, hmm. bhakti, first of all, again, as I mentioned, is nirguna. So it, its efficacy, its power, far exceeds that of, of jnana. Jnana can bring, sat, sat, sattva is a characteristic of jnana. It can bring happiness is a characteristic. Hmm? The happiness of the self, hmm? of proper discrimination, and so on and so forth. Hmm? But this kind of happiness, the happiness derived from jnana, from sattva is somewhat in competition with the happiness of, 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 of rajaguna. You know, okay, maybe I could be happy sitting alone without anything, no troubles, but then again, I could have all these things for so long. Hmm? Um, also, in one sense, people in the world, while they're moving in terms of the pursuit of acquisition, in another sense we could say they're moving in terms of relationships. They want love. Hmm? There's some prospect of love, a shadow of love in the world, to have friends, to have family, comfort uh, with, uh, with com- through company, Right? Okay, things aren't good and thoughts are limited, but what about friends? <laughs> Something like 
like that. So there's no friends in in, in Gyan. Hmm. Hmm. But in bhakti, of course, then, while vairagya or detachment is the means for advancing in Gyan, in bhakti, vairagya is is a secondary effect. It's a byproduct. It's not a means. It's not an anga or limb of the body of bhakti. It comes about as a result of bhakti. Just like if you love somebody and you find out that that person doesn't like something, then you develop a dislike for it also. So in the context of bhakti, if something's not favorable to bhakti, then we, we give it up. Hmm? So it's just, it's the detachment is a byproduct of bhakti. It's it's a result of bhakti, a secondary result. It's not a a, a, a means that uh, that in itself will foster bhakti. When we use the term vairagya, then we use it differently. Vai means special, rag means attachment. Our vairagya is a special kind of attachment, attachment to Krishna. And when we attach ourselves to Krishna, there is full application now of the senses, of the mind, hmm? in Krishna's service. There is active life in bhakti, anushilanam, with the senses, and there is emotive experience in Krishna Anushilanam. Hmm? Just like there is in ordinary life, right? Ordinary life has life movement with the senses and then the emotive inner inner world. Hmm? So there's a material environment, there's a spiritual environment. We are the tata, right? On the on the on the line, tatasta. If we have the material environment, we'll develop a material personality, material emotions, and so forth. But all of these things that we they constitute life are a shadow of the substance hmm, that is what constitutes the realm of Krishna Sarupshakti. That bhakti is uh, is is um, the um, um, Essence of the essence of the sarup shakti is, is bhakti drives the whole of of, of Krishna lila. Hmm? So the bhakta has the opportunity to bring people who are karmis hmm, in touch with an object, Krishna, who is the perfect object of love, hmm, uh, such that they can continue to do the things that they're doing and be, um, for example, uh, in the world rather than in a cave somewhere. Vishpam Purnam Sukhayate. Chakritakura said, the world becomes a, suddenly an abode of happiness with Krishna in the center. So you can shop for Krishna, you can eat for Krishna, you don't have to fast, you can sing. In Gyan, you know, you what's with the singing and the, and, and the feasting and and uh, and, and uh, any number of other things that we do. We are doing all types of things here that are done ordinarily for the pleasure of the senses, but we're doing them for the pleasure of Krishna's senses. So it's very user friendly, if you will, and and it's not. Um, 
in one sense, asking people to give up anything as much as it's asking them or suggesting them to put in um, in uh, in focus hmm, a set of senses that you can serve and satisfy that will um, do more in terms of um, removing you from the karmic uh, implications than gyan can ever do. Hmm? That and more situate you in in a in a um, uh, a full life, a spiritual life. You want spiritual life, or you just want to end material life. So, what is a life? Bhoktritva, nyatritva. Um, what is the other one? Kartritva. Uh, so, so, so we are by nature, we as an atma, as a self, has the have the capacity to be an agent of action, a doer. Kartritva, hmm? bhoktritva, an experiencer, gnatritva, an apprehender. But in order to experience these aspects of the self, we need an environment, a material environment, the maya shakti, or the sarup shakti, hmm? bhakti. In a material environment, we develop likes, dislikes, we apprehend things, we are agents of action, all in the context of the material personality that arises out of that. When, in, on the other hand, we come under the influence of the sarup shakti, we develop a personality, hmm? we can be a doer, we can be a qualitative experiencer, an apprehender, in Krishna Leela, hmm, it's not a desireless condition. In the Leela, the friends of Krishna, the parents of Krishna, the girlfriends of Krishna, they all have desires. As I say, some like mangoes, some like papayas. Hmm. The rasa is full, emotive expression of life, all arising out, or out of the environment of the Sarup Shakti that is living only for the pleasure of Krishna, hmm? who has unlimited capacity to enjoy. That's what we're depicting, the absolute in, in, in the form of Krishna, as the one who has com, full capacity to be the, the taker, the enjoyer. Hmm? If you want to love unconditionally, you have to have an, a, a, an object in which you can repose the love that can take unconditionally or unlimitedly and reciprocate in kind. This is the idea of Krishna. So he's depicted as a, as, a, as an enjoyer, rasaraj. Hmm. Hmm. Someone had said to me, I've, I've told before, that, that in, in Christianity we have the God who's a sacrificer, Christ. And in, in your thing, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a, you're, in your religion, you've got a playboy. He's a, he's a taker. An enjoyer, so making the point. Obviously, we've got the truth. And so I explained: you cannot have a sacrificer unless there's some object, some center, that is the enjoying center, the taker, where all the sacrifice is being being offered. How how else will you depict him? How will he be experienced? If he's to be personified, this is the idea of Krishna. Krishna's too, Bhagavan, so I am. Rasaraj. Hmm. So it's very interesting because, you see, 
the, in bhakti exactly what you think you are materially. If I say, who do you think you are? I think I'm so-and-so, this is my name, this is my town. Get a little further, what do you do? Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an agent of action. I, I have conscious uh, thoughts and desires, and then I carry them out with my, with my senses. Hmm? This is how you, we think about ourselves. And I have qualitative experiences. I experience happiness, sadness, red, blue. Hmm? I can apprehend things. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm all these things. In Gyan, the, the low end, in merging with Brahman, these aspects of the self are never known. If you merge with Brahman, you'll never you'll never experience these aspects, these potentials of the self, because they're not in an environment that there's there's nothing to apprehend. <laughs> there's no choices to be made. You understand? Hmm? No qualitative experiences. In, in Leela, in Bhava, all these arise. So it, it, it's very different. In yoga, Siddhanta, the self is a witness. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. Um, it's not a qualitative experiencer, and it's not an a, a, an agent of action. In the Gyan of Shankar, the real radical form of Gyan, there is no self, no individual self. In bhakti, there's a self, and the self is exactly like we experience ourselves. Hmm? It's a very interesting point. Hmm? All we've done is change the environment from the material environment, the influence of Maya Shakti, the influence of the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? If you have an environment, you can be a doer. There's something to do. Hmm? You can be a qualitative experiencer. Hmm? So, and this is the meaning of tatasta, tatasta, like on the beach, right? one side or the other. So we, what is the jivatma? The jivatma cannot be defined without uh, bringing into the picture of the definition its potential. It has a potential to live on the one side or on the other side. Hmm? Well, what is it independent of, you know, the Maya Shakti? What is it independent of Bhakti? It's not, it's full self, it's, it's, it's in a condition where its full potential isn't realized. How's that? Hmm? Sometimes we, we, we find people, they want to ask, understand, what is the Atma? Independent of Maya, independent of Bhakti, what is it in here? Hmm? It's really not. <laughs> That's why we call, for example, merging with Brahman, we, we refer to it as kind of a spiritual suicide. Hmm? So, of course, the bhakti environment, as opposed to the material environment, is is as chit constituted as we are. So there's two... Here you have a, a combination of two subjective realities, Shakti and the jiva itself. This is a formula for... Uh, good, good connection, right? Whereas in the material environment, you have a subjective, the subject, the self, and you have the objective world, and they don't really, they don't really mix. They don't, they don't work together very well. They're, 
It's a subjective and an objective thing. Hmm. But what is the mixing of the Sarup Shakti and the and, and the Jeev Shakti? It's not not that the Jeev Shakti becomes a Sarup Shakti, but it's like um, it's like falling in love. So a young man has certain is a, is a certain way, and then he meets a young lady, and then he changes. Right? There's some chemistry, and then they suddenly there's potential in him that now he starts to feel confident. Somebody thinks I'm good. I thought I was, but <laughs> he feels some confidence, and he 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 looks. He, he's a different guy now. It's the same guy. Hmm? Nothing. They didn't put any chemicals in him or anything. Like he's the same guy. So something like this. Hmm? Falling in love with Krishna means our full potential to be to be a person is is, is realized. So this is very friendly message. Hmm? In Gyan, when Gyani speaks to the Karmi, he says, you know you're building a house, it's all going to fall down, tear it down right now. Hmm? Tear it down right now. Hmm? And Bhakti says, no, no, you can just keep the house, just jack it up and change the foundation. <laughs> That's all. Just It's hard a little bit, you know, but pull it up. The foundation, put a different foundation in it. Everything's good. So it's very friendly by comparison. We don't ask you after our discussions. So now the conclusion is things are temporary. You want enduring life, so therefore go home, give everything away, uh, and sit in a room and stare at a white wall for the rest of your life and contemplate the fact that uh, you're not a thing or a thought. Hmm? No, we we engage people in singing, dancing, feasting, for example, all of these things hmm, for the pleasure of Krishna's senses. So it's a very, uh, in in a sense, the karmi has a justification for dismissing the jnani. Also, we can say he really doesn't. He's a fool. The jnani is wise. The karmi is not wise. But from the bhakti perspective. Better to be a karmi than a jnani. Because in karma, you have this propensity for enjoying an acquisition. That's true. You're trying to acquire certain material things, so you have certain material desires. Hmm? But you're constantly being shown at the same time that these material desires are frustrating. Because you get a thing and it turns out to be not what you thought it would be and you still got to pay for it. Uh, and it's a problem. And and you you met her, and she was great. And you know, then she turned into something else, or he turned into something else. And I'm stuck with them. You know, it's a problem. So these things happen. You're being you're constantly getting knowledge, in a sense, through the, the, the through your ignorance. You're being like hit over the head with it. Hmm? So you're 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 arguably in some kind of a, you know, in in in, in a good position to hear about bhakti. In one sense, hmm. um, and also the material pursuits—you pursue this thing or that thing, um, any number of things or positions, uh, I, uh, material ideals, and so on and so forth. But in Gyan, all of those things and all of those thoughts are retired for one thought. Hmm? Now, how much 
one materially speak can be focused on attaining one thing or another thing. Maybe in general you're entirely focused on acquiring things, but how much can be focused on attaining one thing or another thing? In Gyan, the focus on attaining mukti, mumukshatva. This is the this is the center of Gyan, mumukshatva, to attain mukti. To, it means to give up mukti, to give up things, to get free, to get. Hmm? My point is that the desire for Gyan is. Mukshatva is so strong that it can retire all the material desires and pursuits. That's a very powerful desire. Hmm? And that's what you've been cultivating in Gyan. Now try to tell the Gyani about Bhakti. See how much harder that is? Do you understand? Hmm? He wants... You see, everybody... Gyan is about freedom. Bhakti is about service, slavery to Krishna. <laughs> These are like what? It's taking it to another level, right? For the gyan, it's easier for the for the karmi to hear about bhakti than for the jnani. You know, there may be some jnanis. That's another thing. Krishna mentions the jnani in the Gita, who's wise. You may come in touch with bhakti, but. Largely, we see the desire for mukti. This is a, this creates a samskar that's that's uh, that's a, uh, opposed to bhakti. Maybe it will become disposed towards shanta bhakti. Hmm? Do you understand? The higher end of gyan mixed with bhakti. But to turn a bhakti, a shanta, a, a gyani into a into a into a rag bhakta. That's a difficult uh, course. Of course, I guess we say it's been done in the case of Sukadev, which is central to the Bhagavatam. It does speak about the efficacy of bhakti, but hmm, arguably, karmis are in a more receptive position. They're already doing service. Hmm? They realize they have to work in order to get something. Hmm? So... And there's and there's opportunity there's there's opportunity devotees circulate amongst the worldly people. They don't typically go to the caves to talk to the ganis, hmm? who have an idea that that often, which is problematic for them, of course, that 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 the um, paraphernalia of bhakti is must be given up. The beads must be given up. This must be given that. Everything. Hmm? So, uh, we kind of turn the whole thing on its head. Uh, from the way I'm talking about it, karma is more favorable than gyan hmm? in terms of an, of an environment to, to distribute bhakti in, with relation to varnashram. Sudras are better than, than the brahmins hmm? because they're already servants. So, easier to, easier to talk to about bhakti. That's another way of thinking about it. So... So, so anyway, bhakti is very, um, its power is far exceeds that of jnana, and it's very user-friendly compared to, to jnana. So you don't have to ask people to give up everything, you have to ask them to give everything to Krishna and explain to them, this is an easy way to give up things. If you're a little bit honest and you find out that something that you thought was yours belongs to somebody else, then you go, oh, okay, well, it is. Here, take it. Hmm?
So this is Bhakti's way of bringing about detachment. Everything belongs to Krishna. Oh, okay. Hmm. But now you hold on to it for him, okay? Hmm. Hold on to it for him. And you and use it for him, and in the context of using it for him, well, it'll, it'll work for you too. Hmm. So, uh, this is, we're introducing into their lives hmm, not just knowledge that you're that, that that things and thoughts are ephemeral, hmm, but the, the the person of Krishna, hmm, the Purna Brahma Sanatana, Yanmitram Paramanandam, Purna Brahma Sanatana, Oh Bhagyam, Oh Bhagyam, the friend of everyone. Hmm. And again, now in bhakti, you can have friends. That's a very nice idea. Whereas in gyan, as I said earlier, we advance by re- renunciation or detachment. How do we advance in bhakti? We advance in bhakti not by bhairagya, but by sangha. Sangha means community, means others, means it friends, attachment. In bhakti, we can be attached to one another, and that will foster our own bhakti. In the higher realm, in rasa it's, itself, in lila, everyone loves Krishna, but everyone loves one another also. And their love for one another, their friends, suhitrati, this um, nourishes their, 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 their daibhav, their sakirati, their madriyarati for Krishna. Hmm? So it's a friendly path. You can have friends on bhakti, in bhakti, especially in Vrindavan. This all begins with friendship there, as the statement of Brahma. Aho bhagyam, I quoted it. Aho bhagyam, nanda gopa bhajokasham, yan mitram paramanandam, puna brahma sanatam. Friendship spreads throughout the whole of the braj. It touches the dasya bhakti. It mixes with dasya bhakti. It mixes with Madhurya, or excuse me, uh, Vatsalya Bhakti, it can be influenced by Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? So it spreads the whole gamut. It's very friendly. <laughs> bhakti, very friendly. So you can have friends in Bhakti, you can go in company, and indeed that company will foster your progress. In Gyan, you have to give up everybody. Hmm? So it's much more efficacious, powerful, and user friendly. Does that help? You had a question? Yes. Um, so, would you say the goal is walking the middle path while keeping Krishna consciousness? In a sense, uh, trying to not to be as too high or too low, but to be with everyone by and still attain, keep trying to keep the meditating on Krishna? Yeah, it's kind of the middle path, in, in a way. You you have this uh, the, the 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 pursuit of material acquisition, right? Selfish pursuit. And then you have the um, uh, foregoing of that, giving that up. Hmm? Both of these are centered on the world. One person wants to enjoy the world, one person wants to get the hell out of it, right? Bhakti, on the other hand, is not trying to get away from the world, 
rather to 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 enjoy the world. Hmm? Bhakti is recognizing the world as a manifestation of Krishna, and living in the world in that consciousness that everything belongs to Krishna. So, it, um, it let's look at it like this: in in selfishness, there's uh, no no love, right? Love is about giving, not about taking. But not taking is not a good definition for love. It's an aspect of love. But love is much more than not taking. right? So the path of renunciation is not taking. The path of karma is taking. But in love, which is different than both of these, both of these things are present. In other words, when you love, there is action, there is movement, because there's variety. Hmm? Love is an active affair. And there's also knowing. Hmm? In Gyan, there's no knowledge. Excuse me, in Karma, there's no knowledge. And in Gyan, there's no action. In Bhakti, there's action and knowledge. Hmm? Properly centered. Hmm? So if you have if you have from the glacier up on the mountain in the Himalayas, some stream has come down. But they'll never reach the Bay of Bengal. But the Ganga, the Ganges, that will. And if they connect with the Ganges, then they will so Gyan and Karma, they can never reach the Bay of Bengal. But if they connect with the with the Ganga, with Bhakti, they can have application there. They're harmonized. They're, they become useful. And as much as by ragyami corresponds with knowledge, so there's knowledge in love. In love you know what to do, and there's something to do. Hmm? Again, in karma, in material acquisition, it's ignorance. You're pursuing, you want eternal life, but you're pursuing things that don't endure. That's just ignorance. Hmm? And again, there's no, there's no movement. Bhakti has both movement, action, and knowledge, and knowing. So let's say in that way, the middle, middle path. Anyway, you keep, keep listening. It's the language. Gradually, you assimilate more. What else? Any Anything else? What time is it now? Any other thought? Same section, uh, Mishampa talks about, just when you think of this, how um, attachment to material objects is like one knot. Attachment to another person is like two knots. Because you're attached to them, and even if you become attached, they become attached to you. (laughs) And you just kind of made me think of it in terms of bhakti, like to become attached to a sadhu is kind of... A double knot. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Kapila tells his mother that in Bhagavatam that same attachment for ordinary people when transferred to sadhus, that attachment to ordinary people that is the cause of bondage when transferred to sadhus is the cause of freedom. Hmm. So it illustrates the point, right? In bhakti we advance by sangha, by 
by association, by attachment to other devotees. Hmm. All right, then we stop there. Shri Shri Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanandi, Ranchakal Patarugas Jai, Kripa Sindhu Deva.